discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. All COVID-based restrictions ended for those who've been vaccinated, including mask requirements and indoor dining. But the rules for those who haven't had the vaccine remain unchanged leaving many small business owners grappling with what to do. Do they ask for customers' proof of vaccination or trust that unmasked guests are being truthful? There was little guidance, so business owners had to make their own rules and hope that their customers would respect them. Unfortunately, that hasn't always happened. In fact, some turned downright hostile. Bars and restaurants that won't allow unvaccinated people to go inside are getting punished by anti-vaxxers who are leaving one-star reviews on Yelp and Google. And for some reason, Yelp and Google aren't doing much to fight back against the weaponization of their review portals. Unlike Facebook, of course, who not only is removing groups and pages that discourage people from getting vaccines, but at the same time, they are allowing volunteers to use fake honeypot groups in order to fight anti-vax propaganda. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio. I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. How's this for a headline, folks? Anti-vaxxers are weaponizing Yelp to punish bars that require vaccine proof. That's right, negative spam reviews are destroying bars and restaurants as they attempt to reopen safely, according to Tanya Basu, writing for MIT's Technology Review. And she says, On the first hot weekend of the summer, Richard Knapp put up a sign outside Mother's Ruin, a bar tucked in Manhattan's Soho neighborhood. It had two arrows, one pointing vaccinated people indoors another pointing unvaccinated people outdoors. The Instagram post showing the sign quickly went viral among European anti-vaxxers on Reddit. Quote, We started receiving hate mail through the Google portal, Knapp says, estimating he'd received about a few dozen emails. I've been called a Nazi and a communist in the same sentence. People hope that our bar burns down. It's a name and shame campaign. End quote. It wasn't just the emails. Soon, his bar started receiving multiple one-star reviews on Yelp 
and Google reviews from accounts as far away as Europe. Spamming review portals with negative ratings is not a new phenomenon. Throughout the pandemic, the tactic has also been deployed to attack bars and restaurants that enforced mask wearing for safety. As pandemic restrictions have lifted, Businesses like Mother's Ruin have sought to ensure that safety by requiring proof of vaccination using state-sponsored apps like New York's Excelsior Pass, vaccine passports, or simply flashing vaccine cards at the door. Practices that have instigated a second surge of spam reviews. These spam one-star reviews can be extremely damaging. The default mode for viewing reviews is in chronological order from newest to oldest, which means a spam attack places fake reviews up top, making the most recent reviews that much more influential if you're the victim of a concerted campaign. While some companies have gotten around this issue on their own sites by verifying that reviewers are actual customers by reaching out to them via email and matching them with what they have on file, industry-leading platforms like Yelp and Google let anyone rate and review a business. In April, Marshall Smith instituted what may have been the U.S.'s first policy requiring patrons to prove they were fully vaccinated against coronavirus at Bar Max in Denver. He didn't think it would be a big deal to ask customers to show their vaccination cards at the door. He says, quote, I didn't consider the politics and perhaps that was naive on my part, end quote. Within days, his bar was slammed with one-star reviews on Google that took his average rating from 4.6 out of 5 stars to 4. Quote, We were in the top 10 best-reviewed craft cocktail bars in Denver pre-pandemic, he says. It might not sound significant, but if you drop out of the first page of results, it's a big deal. You're out of the top 10 lists. Listicle mentions. We don't do a lot of advertising because people people look at our reviews. We've built six years of good reviews that's been chiseled away over a matter of months." End quote. These reviews don't stay permanently in a business's history. Bing Liu, a professor of computer science at the University of Illinois at Chicago, says that Yelp roots out spam, though the company, quote, does not tell anybody how its spam detection works. End quote. Liu was a co-author in 2013 of a paper that attempted to replicate Yelp's methods, finding that the company most likely used keywords to root out possible spammers. Smith's Yelp reviews were shut down after the sudden flurry of activity on its page, which the company labels quote-unquote unusual activity alerts, a stopgap measure for both the business and Yelp to filter through a flood of reviews and pick out which are spam and which aren't. Nuri Malik, Yelp's vice president of user operations, said Yelp has a team of moderators that investigate pages that get an unusual amount of traffic. She said in a statement, quote, after we've seen activity dramatically decrease or stop, we will then clean up the page so that only first-hand consumer experiences are reflected, end quote. It's a practice that Yelp has had to deploy more often over the course of the pandemic. According to Yelp's 2020 Trust and Safety Report, the company 
saw a 206% increase over 2019 levels in unusual activity alerts. Malik said, quote, Since January 2021, we've placed more than 15 unusual activity alerts on business pages related to a business's stance on COVID-19 vaccinations, end quote. The majority of those cases have been since May, like the gay bar CC Addles in Seattle, which got an alert from Yelp after it made patrons show proof of vaccination at the door. Earlier this month, Moe's Cantina in Chicago's River North neighborhood got spammed after it attempted to isolate vaccinated customers from unvaccinated ones. Spamming a business with one-star reviews is not a new tactic. In fact, perhaps the best-known case is Colorado's Masterpiece Bakery, which won a 2018 Supreme Court battle for refusing to make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple, after which it got pummeled by one-star reviews. Lou says, quote, People are still writing fake reviews. People will always write fake reviews, end quote. But he adds that today's online audience know that platforms use algorithms to detect and flag problematic words, so bad actors can mask their grievances by blaming poor restaurant service like a more typical negative review to ensure the rating stays up and counts. That seems to have been the case with Naps Bar. His Yelp review included comments like, quote, there was hair in my food, end quote, or alleged cockroach sightings. Quote, really ridiculous, fantastic crap. Knapp says, if you looked at previous reviews, you would understand immediately that this doesn't make sense, end quote. Lou also says there is a limit to how much Yelp can improve their spam detection, since natural language, or the way we speak, read, and write, quote, is very tough for computer systems to detect. End quote. But Lou doesn't think putting a human being in charge of figuring out which reviews are spam or not will solve the problem. Quote, human beings can't do it, he says. Some people might get it right, some people might get it wrong. I have fake reviews on my webpage, and even I can't tell which are real or not. End quote. You might notice that I've only mentioned Yelp reviews thus far, despite the fact that Google reviews, which appear in the business description box on the right side of the Google search results page under reviews, is arguably more influential. That's because Google's review operations are, frankly, even more mysterious. While businesses I spoke to said Yelp worked with them on identifying spam reviews, none of them had any luck with contacting Google's team. Quote, you would think Google would say, something is effed up here, Knapp says. These are IP addresses from overseas. It really undermines the review platform when things like this are allowed to happen, end quote. Google did not respond to multiple requests for comment. However, Within a few hours of our call, Knapp said some problematic reviews on Google had cleared up for him. Smith said he had not yet gotten any response from Google about reviews, save for automated responses, saying that multiple reviews he had flagged did not qualify getting taken down because, quote, the reviews in question don't fall under any of the violation categories according to our policies, end quote. Spam reviews aren't going anywhere and will continue to be a problem for years to come. And the fact remains that online communities, 
like the European anti-vaxxers that descended upon Mother's Ruins reviews, can destroy faraway livelihoods with the click of a star rating. Those ratings haunt business owners like Smith. Quote, I still have folks putting one-star reviews on our Google listing, he says. Outliers pull down averages. That's math. It's a pretty effective means of attack for the folks who do this, end quote. Knapp feels equally frustrated and helpless. Quote, We're just trying to survive through the most traumatic experience that's ever hit the hospitality industry, he says. The idea that we are under attack by this community and there is no real vehicle to combat it, that's frustrating, end quote. Technologyreview.com You know something, folks? I actually sifted through quite a number of articles on this one subject alone, and the vast majority of them painted these reviews as quote-unquote fake reviews. One blog I caught wind of actually said that Quote, posting bogus reviews not only pours salt in the wounds, it's downright dishonest, end quote. Yet, call me a crazy conspiracy theorist, or a realist, I somehow suspect that if fake customers were leaving fake reviews that were positive and five stars, nobody would complain about it. Just a hunch. And that sentiment leads me to believe that it's not the quote-unquote dishonesty that anybody has a problem with here. In fact, dishonesty is being praised and encouraged on other social platforms, like Facebook. BBC News reports, The banner image shows a photoshopped picture of Bill Gates with a crazed expression holding a needle decorated with a skull and crossbones. It looks like a Facebook group promoting anti-vaccine conspiracy theories, but this group actually has very different intentions. Richard is a builder, a trainee psychologist, and one half of the duo behind the decoy group. He says he aims not to spread bad information, but rather to help people attracted to conspiracy theories. His friend Dave, not his real name, believed in conspiracy theories for the best part of 20 years. Quote, If I was to actually create a group saying, I'm going to re-educate you, then I'm not going to get any takers, he says. So I have to do it in a stealth way, which is a bit underhanded, I suppose. But the intentions are good, end quote. The group's name references Bill Gates and completely unfounded conspiracy theories that the Microsoft founder is plotting to kill millions millions of people and control them with implanted microchips. And once people are drawn in, the two moderators try to reason with them to bring them back to reality. Richard and Dave are just two of the dozens of volunteers the BBC has spoken to who are combating online misinformation about vaccines. But are they doing work that should be Facebook's responsibility? Original research from BBC Monitoring has revealed how Facebook pages and groups promoting misleading and false claims about vaccines saw a significant rise in followers in several countries across the globe in the past year. In Ukraine, pages sharing anti-vaccine content grew by 157% in 2020, reaching nearly 26,000 page likes, double the rate for the previous year. In Mexico, Brazil, and India, similar pages grew by around 50% each in the past year, faster than in the two previous years. It's further proof of the spread of anti-vaccine content throughout the pandemic. Previous research found a huge spike in followers 
numbers of English-language social media accounts promoting anti-vaccine material during the pandemic, especially on Instagram and Facebook. Although there is some overlap online, our research focused on extreme content. Accounts and groups spreading false quote-unquote genocide and implanted microchip claims, rather than legitimate questions people have about safety and efficacy, and stories about rare cases of blood clots. It was the pandemic's wave of anti-vaccine content that prompted Dave and Richard to embark on their plan. Quote, I was out of work, Dave says, so I wanted to do something constructive. End quote. Although the duo have only met in real life once, they now run multiple quote-unquote honeypot Facebook groups that have thousands of members from all over the world. Inside the groups, people who believe in vaccine and COVID-19 conspiracy theories are allowed by the moderators to post false and misleading articles. Richard admits he's conflicted about the deception. He says, quote, it was horrible having to lie to begin with, end quote. After members initially joined the the group, he says, the pair would observe what they shared, sometimes for weeks. Quote, and then it would stop. Richard says, and we'd start questioning their narrative, end quote. Dave and Richard debunk myths and challenge people in comments under posts and via private messages. Dave uses his own personal experience of conspiracy theories to strike up a rapport with those in the group. He began to question his previous worldviews after he realized that the people promoting conspiracies were conning him. Their nightmare scenarios, he says, never seemed to come true. Quote, I just got tired of it, he says. I got tired of finding out about the next conspiracy, the next conspiracy, and then looking back and thinking, well, this didn't happen, and that didn't happen, end quote. Richard says some of his friends and family have been affected by online misinformation. He tries to engage with members of the groups to understand how they have fallen for falsehoods. One of those people was Brian. He was scared of vaccines by misleading posts on social media sites, including graphic videos promoting false claims about fetuses being used in jabs. Brian's encounters with the underbelly of social media coincided with an incredibly difficult personal time. Towards the end of 2019, he lost his job. He has multiple sclerosis, and around the same time, his condition started getting worse. Then, the pandemic hit. Quote, I wasn't in a good place, he says, sitting on his leather sofa at home. He explains how he spent hours watching YouTube videos made by anti-vaccine activists. But he also joined Dave and Richard's Facebook group, thinking it was an anti-vaccine community. And that's when things started to change. He says, quote, They sort of swung me round by sending me actual, factual information, end quote. Richard talked with him about the personal difficulties that had left him vulnerable to the easy explanations of online pseudoscience. And he also explained how the algorithms of social media sites work to reel people in with emotion and by serving up content similar to that which the user has seen before. Brian even credits Dave and Richard with saving his life. If he hadn't encountered their group, he says, quote, I might not be here. I went to some dark places, end quote. But now, he says, things are looking up. Quote, I'm in a better place, he says. I'm in a proper home environment now. I've got rugrats running around my feet again, end quote. His face lights up as he speaks of his grandchildren. He's also had a vaccine against COVID-19, having been completely opposed to it 
just a few months before. Richard blames social media sites, particularly Facebook, for failing to protect users like Brian. He says, quote, It needs to be policed a lot better, and until they do, conspiracies are going to keep growing, end quote. In an interview, Facebook's vice president for Northern Europe, Steve Hatch, acknowledged that the company has, quote, a big responsibility to ensure people are seeing accurate information, end quote. Mr. Hatch told the BBC that the company is now removing groups, pages, and accounts that deliberately discourage people from taking vaccines, regardless of whether the information can be verified as false or not. It's a shift in policy. Previously, Facebook would only delete groups and accounts on Instagram, which it owns, filled with outright false vaccine information. Some of the groups that fall under the new policy may include material that's true or unverifiable, but are not outright falsehoods. This includes Facebook groups with tens of thousands of members that have sprung up in recent months dedicated to stories of people allegedly injured by COVID vaccines. We've seen several of these groups rapidly become popular. They're often filled with scary stories, but just as frequently lacking in details and hard evidence. Facebook says they've been combating misinformation that they've labeled more than 160 million pieces of misleading content since the start of the pandemic, and connected 2 billion people to information from trusted health authorities. Meanwhile, Richard and Dave's Honeypot group has been suspended, because while they say their intentions are good, the group does contain posts pushing falsehoods. It's a situation that highlights the moderation challenges faced by Facebook, where a group like this, which they say is dedicated to helping individuals, technically breaches the company's rules. Richard and Dave are appealing the decision, and they plan to keep using their methods to help people like Brian and others like him, who they are yet to reach. BBC.com Folks, I'm not gonna lie, I find today's subject matter to be absolutely disgusting, and I feel extremely bad for the person in the article there, referred to only as Brian. You know, the ex-conspiracy theorist who was finally convinced to take the vaccine. Here's hoping, at least for his sake, that the quote-unquote conspiracy theory about vaccines causing injury and death never comes true. Because, well, I mean, talk about getting kicked while you're down. See, if he were to suffer some sort of injury due to the vaccine, knock on wood, not only would Brian suddenly have massive amounts of regrets for not believing in quote-unquote conspiracy theories anymore, but chances are, if he were to go on Facebook and try to tell his friends and family about said injury, the post would just get deleted. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Monday, June 21st, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.